From the Subaru of Gwinnett Studio at the Gas South Convention Center in Duluth, Georgia, welcome to Celebrating Powerhouse Women, proudly presented by NEMA and Sourced. And welcome back, friends, to another exciting episode of Celebrating Powerhouse Women. As you know, this is the series that salutes and recognizes women leaders making an impact in our community. I am your host, Amanda Pierich Marmalejo, and it is my pleasure to introduce our guest today, Jade Alexander Estevis. She is the head of people in the USA for Money Penny. Welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much, Amanda. Happy to be here. I am excited to get to know you more as before the show, we were just having so much fun and we recognize some commonalities. Yes. For those listening who are unfamiliar with Moneypenny, because they might not be here in the Gwinnett area or in the UK, please give our listeners an overview of Moneypenny. Wow. So it's so much we could say, but Moneypenny is a virtual virtual answering service for um, small to mid-sized businesses. Um, We also have some large businesses that we support as well. So similar to um, the way I like to describe it as more of an extension to your office. So we have virtual receptionists that actually do call taking. We also have a live chat sector. Um, We have several sectors within our business that supports more so specialized uh, entities such as our legal sectors. We also have healthcare and um, we have a few others that are up and coming. So For those who are looking for additional support or an additional hug to your clients in the business and industry, definitely reach out to Moneypenny because we definitely have exactly what you're looking for. Mm, That was sweet. And an additional hug, too. (laughs) Um, You are new to the team. So congratulations on your new role and jumping in feet first to a company that has an outstanding culture. Oh, yes. Yes, they do. You and I were talking before the show a little bit about that culture, and you were also talking about how it's always been a uh, goal of yours to work with a UK organization. Yes. And Moneypenny is originally based in the UK, correct? Yes. They have over two decades of strong powerhouse um, support when it comes to businesses. Um, They represent some of the best. And so Wrexham is our, um, our original home, and we're now here in Duluth, Georgia. Atlanta, surrounding areas. So we're definitely looking to do that same exact impact that they've been able to do for so many years. Talk a little bit about the culture. Wow, the culture. Um, You know, it's people first. It's always about putting individuals first. Um, We believe in individuals. They're our products, but we don't treat them like products, if that makes sense. Um, Everyone is individual. So for the most part, you come as you are. Um, we have such a very unique and eclectic background when it comes to our leadership group. Uh, we also support all people from all walks of life. We have people um, as young as you know, you know, college age, and we have retirees, people who are more looking for things to do um, to get back in the working market. When it comes to how we extend that uh, community feel or family-oriented environment, Um, we make sure that we understand your business and your business is our business in this second home. So with the individuals that work there, we want to make sure that they feel welcomed. Uh, We're always looking to do engagement events where we keep them excited. We're always wanting to give back. Um, For instance, for the month of October, we're doing Pink Fridays. So I have my pink top in in my suitcase so Mm -hmm. I can change when I get back to the office. But the cool thing is we get a lot of engagement and it's 
it's almost like when you walk in, you feel like you're, you're home away from home. I can attest to how that vibrant feeling was when I walked in and I toured. Now, this was about a year ago. And one thing that really stood out to me was the defined um, co-working or collaborative places. Yes. So not only was there like awesome coffee and granola bars and anything you could like ever imagine to snack on <laughs> and enjoy refreshment wise, yeah. but all the vibrant colors, the different textures, the different, um, I guess, the different feeling of each part of the of the facility that you walked into mm -hmm. was very unique. And it really just kind of screamed, you know, connectivity to me. And I know that's paramount for you guys. Absolutely. It's paramount for, for us is, you know, being in the market, but it's also really big for someone who has such a robust uh, HR background as myself. I think that's um, what really sold me into wanting to be a part of this organization and help build on that culture. Right. Mm -hmm. um, you know, walking in, seeing how everything was laid out, we, they have a pod environment. So you oh, have yes. more of a community versus you just kind of being isolated. Uh, we wanted to make sure that everyone who was there felt like they had support rather than it was someone in a leadership role, because I'm a firm believer, believer that you are a leader within your own right. And mm -hmm. no matter what you're doing, but you have that support. So if you have questions or if you have a tough call, you can look back at one of your colleagues and say, whoa, that was tough. Like, have you had something similar? Mm. And that dialogue is monumental because you can take those small little wins and also feedback in order to apply it for the next call. And for the masses yeah. as well. Mm -hmm. You mentioned your history in um, HR, and I did want to dive into that yeah. because you joined the team with a wealth of global experience and human resources and change management. Yes. That is a really, like, that's a big statement, change management. <laughs> and from your years at GFL Environmental Incorporated and Incom Payments. Mm -hmm. So tell us about how those two experiences kind of feed into how you are successful in your role today. Wow. So when you talk about change management, I consider myself a champion of change. If you see my LinkedIn, that's something that's a tagline of mine because the only thing that's constant is change. So whenever, um, you know, I think back at working at Income, great organization, great culture, um, they were actually um, a, a corporate setting. So it was more, um, you know, downtown Atlanta, William Street, you know, hustle and bustle, but it was definitely a great opportunity because I supported the second largest um I guess, support of business within that organization, accounting and finance within that uh, department. I also supported a lot of C-suite leaders, including um, EVPs of marketing, um, SVPs of accounting, and including the chief accounting officer. So um, there is where, you know, I kind of stepped my big toe into the global experience because I supported all of accounting throughout the um, organization because I was there at their corporate office and a lot of those relationships and different changes and implementations that were happening for mergers and acquisitions mm. were happening there. And so in order for me to have that impact and also influence, I was able to work with um, organizations in Asia, Australia, also Canada. So that was a cool experience. Um, although it was uh, within two years, the things that we were able to accomplish in that short period of time was amazing. Um, right after that experience, I was... Um, you know, prior to that, I was a um, 
want to say headhunter, but I was an executive recruiter, recruiter for human yeah. resources at Ronstadt Professionals. So I worked in the Queens building in Sandy Springs. So there I had a lot of connections, um, really built my network relocating from Houston back to Atlanta. My claim to fame there was I was recruited by a recruiter because <laughs> I never thought I would be doing executive recruiting, but it was an opportunity to build out their entire HR um, line of business. Wow. And with being able to speak that language and to talk to talk of, you know, with the charros of the Atlanta area and also the senior executives of um, human resources and certain different entities such as Auto Plus. I also work with Delta, Porsche, Mercedes-Benz, and a few others. But one of my clients um, was Ackerman Securities, mm -hmm. and I placed their HR director um, that started there. And while I was at Incom, the actual um, VP of Human Resources at the time reached out and said, hey, I'm looking for someone to join my team. And I'm thinking, oh, no, I just, you know, I'm global. I'm, you know, I'm really focusing on what I love, which is the employee relations piece of, of the HR world. And, um, you know, she presented with me, you know, a great opportunity. It was with, at the time, Waste Industries, which was the largest um, waste company within the Southeast. Mm -hmm. So for me, never thought I would be working in trash, but um, leaving a financial technology business and transitioning to GFL was probably one of the best things I could have done for my career. Um, we were purchased, um, Waste Industries was purchased by GFL, which is a Canadian-based organization, back in November of 2019. So once we were purchased, <clears throat> it was more of their focal point, and they were pretty dominant within the provinces in Canada. However, they didn't have much of a presence in the U.S. So with that being said, um, they kind of were like, you know, business as usual, but, you know, add your best practices and things that we've done. There I was able to uh, build an entire team of seven HR um, practitioners mm -hmm. and be able to really, you know, dominate the footprint within the Southeast um, it was as north, I covered as north as Raleigh, North Carolina, as south as um, Fort Lauderdale, Miami. So a lot of travel, <laughs> a lot of travel and being able to really see the cultural difference between working with a Canadian based organization and a U.S. based organization is just vastly different. So that was my first exposure to really seeing how a home office that's based in Bonn um, versus here in Raleigh, North Carolina, it was just very different. And I was able to pivot and adjust with those changes. We were able to do over 22 mergers and acquisitions. Wow. And um, that was a lot of organic growth. I had about 3,000 individuals within my cascade. So um, it was definitely fun and it was great. Um, you know, however, you know, I had a slight change with, you know, some personal things. I wanted to start a family. And so that started me. Um, taking some some time off and so I took that time to really reflect on what I loved and what I enjoyed and who is Jade outside of the HR guru right? right and so with that that's how I was able to take that time and then you know obviously jump back in the market and Money Penny just seemed like a, a great home to settle in. I'm flabbergasted at all of, of the global experience that you have and I'm so excited because you are able to bring all of those you know, all of that experience and all that different culture rich knowledge yeah. into what you do and infuse it to, to money penny today. Out of curiosity, what is one of the most valuable lessons that you learned throughout your travels and throughout your experience with all those, those global entities? Wow. So I would say, um, obviously I'm a, 
naturally I'm an overachiever. That's just a part of me. That's a part of my makeup. I was, you know, raised by my dad. So he definitely taught me to not just be a face in the, in the room, but also, you know, use your brains. Mm -hmm. Right. So, um, what's, what it's really taught me is to pace myself knowing that, you know, time is money, of course, but you want to make your next move your best one. And so whenever I was, you know, whether if it was in a large boardroom or if it was in a meet and greet for a new acquisition, I timed my my placement correctly. So the things that I would say would have direct impact on on the bigger cause. I wrote that down because I want to remember it. Make your next <laughs> move your best one and pace yourself. Because I think we as women by nature, but also women in leadership tend yeah. to say yes a lot and take on so much mm-hmm. and pacing yourself throughout that responsibility is, is key to your own sanity. Yeah. And also just growing. I think, you know, I'm always thinking that you should keep learning. You should never stop growing. I don't know if there's a stop button on me, like lifelong learner. Yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely. Um, always wanting to, to, you know, evaluate what the situation is, what is the lesson within this? Mm -hmm. And so I can eventually see the blessing. Uh, For those of you just joining us, my guest today is Jade Alexander Estevez. And after the break, we're going to talk about leadership and mentorship. NEMA is a full-service logistics company that provides trucking, warehousing, and expedited deliveries for the paper machine clothing industry. They offer a full line of services, including delivery within the 48 contiguous states, Canada and Mexico, plus importing and exporting, air freight forwarding services, foreign trade zone warehousing, and many more services to handle your global logistics needs. NEMA is a proud sponsor of the Celebrating Powerhouse Women podcast series. We know running a business is hard. There are so many things that need to get done and you don't have the time, the resources, the experience, or you just don't want to do it yourself. At Sourced, we have your back. Office. We support leaders of companies with all their back office challenges that weigh them down. Whether it's accounting, talent acquisition, administrative support, marketing, or human resources, Our team of experts at Sourced will make your life easy and your back office effortless. To see how we can help you, check us out at GetSourced.com. All right, and welcome back, friends. Amanda Pierce Marmalejo here, hosting your favorite series, Celebrating Powerhouse Women, joined by Jade Alexander Estevis of Money Penny. And we were enjoying learning about her robust career (laughs) in global impact. I'd like to take a turn and talk a little bit about leadership and mentorship Mm. because you exude those qualities. And I believe that there was someone along the way that might have played a role in helping you see the person that you are or mold the person that you've become today. Mm-hmm. Who are some of those people? Wow. Um, obviously, there's quite a bit. But if I wanted to stay on the professional room, I would definitely say that it would be um, Amy Hamilton. She is the SVP of Human Resources for Incom. And she's still a mentor to this day. And she's been instrumental with, you know, providing advice and support. I just remembered um, this was, you know, obviously I was an individual contributor role when I was working at Incom. Um, And although it was uh, it was pretty vast, the impact, um, you know, I I asked a question. I was like, hey, what would it take for me to, you know, really, you know, dig deep and to understand how I can transition to more of a leadership type position? I was like, that's ultimately my goal. That's Mm -hmm. what I want. 
And she, you know, listed some items and, you know, I won't share those details, but I will tell you that um, a lot of the things that she listed um, was offered by GFL. And so, although it was very hard for me to transition out of income because I had pretty much laid my roots, I think for any HR professional, they'll probably tell you it takes about a year to really understand the business, understand the lingo, understand the culture, create change culture, but also just, um, you know, get your stride. And so I had already, you know, passed, surpassed my year and I was pretty much, I had my relationships built, but I had to take a risk and, um, it was worth it. I, I remember leaving April the 13th. Um, and it was a Friday and when I was Friday the 13th, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I remember, um, we shared a tear in our office and she says, you know, um, this is a bad day. And I was like, yeah, but, um, you know, it's actually good because you taught me so much. And so I still remember some of those lessons and just things that she shared with me from the kindness of her heart and even things that she still shares with me. And that's how I'm able to, you know, just fight through it and understand that, you know, I, you know, nothing's going to kind of shake my, my faith and knowing that I can actually um, push through whatever it is that's brought my way. And make a difference. Yeah. I'm yeah. sure in a role, I understand that, you know, it's not like you're a therapist where you have a, I'm sure you do have a comfy couch in your office, <laughs> but people come in and just lay down and tell you their, their, you know, woes within the cubicles. But I'm sure you do have a chance to speak intimately with some employees and mm -hmm. give them advice or help point them in a direction that might, you know, be that next step to growth or leadership or success. Yeah. You know, what's crazy is I was just in my LinkedIn inbox and it was a driver, actually a CDL driver from um, GFL that had messaged me and it was just a thank you. And I was thinking like, I wonder, you know, I wonder what exactly impact that I make. And this individual told me that um, they were relocating from our South, the South Carolina branch to the Atlanta branch, mm -hmm. and that is is tremendously changed their life from cost of living, mm -hmm. from you know influence. I think they're now in a managerial role, supervisor wow. position. But I can be honest, I don't remember those conversations because it's coming from it's a heart to heart. Mm -hmm. It's not something that I'm doing and it's you know Rehearsed. tallied or you know or it's rehearsed. It's really me understanding what your concerns are, but also getting into how I can make it better with whatever, you know, maybe life choices I've made or any career advice that I have, mm -hmm. I want to see everyone reach their full potential. And if I can be a part of that journey, even if I don't remember, <laughs> and you come back and say, hey, this is something you helped me with, thank you, mm -hmm. it was all worth it. How it's even all the more powerful that the conversation you had impacted him so greatly mm -hmm. and he came back and said, thank you. Years later. Yeah. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. Congratulations thank to you. you. That's a testament to uh, your impact and the, and the lasting, you know, thought that you leave in people's mind. Thank you. Along the same vein, um, owning yourself or more so being authentically you. Mm. We were chatting before the show about mm -hmm. it. And I'm curious, what does it mean to you to be authentically you? Yeah, that's a great question. So I was sharing with you that my marketing professor in college said that I didn't have a poker face. Yeah. <laughs> and so um, the more I'm in business, I'm learning that it's actually a good thing for me. I used to think it was a weakness, but now I embrace it because 
I use that to a strength knowing that I am being myself at all times. So if I have a, a squinched based uh, expression because there was a question asked, it's because I'm truly curious and I want to learn more. Um, as we mentioned, I'm always looking to learn. So being myself is, you know, important to me. Um, it's about, you know, when people say you're cut from a different cloth, I think it comes from within and I don't ever want anyone to walk away from a conversation feeling less than I want them to feel empowered, but I also want them to know that I truly mean what I'm saying and that they don't have to guess where I'm coming from or if I meant if it's subliminals or if it's something else is truly who I am. So, um, that's important to me, especially in my role. I think that it's about integrity and you being able to put not only your best foot forward, but you're a role model. And so I take that um, to heart and I always want to make sure that I'm giving people my best version of me. Hmm. Well, you're giving me your best version of me <laughs> and I just met you. <laughs> Going along with being a role model and a nurturer and care, I would be remiss if I didn't congratulate you as you are a new parent. Yes. You and your wife have a one-year-old. Yes. His name is Boston. Boston. Yeah. Talk He's on my LinkedIn too. Is if he? You see. I'll have to check it out. <laughs> I love baby pictures, especially if he's got squishy jeans. Oh. <laughs> what is that like that's transformational, not only for your life, but yes. for your household, for the dynamic of your marriage, yeah. also for your career? So what oh. has the past year been like? being mom, being wife, now yeah. starting this role and keeping a smile on your face. Oh my goodness. It's been great. Luckily I am married to an entrepreneur, so they know the world is never sleeping. Right. So it works out. Um, so sometimes when I'm sending like a 3am email, people are like, are you okay? I'm like, yes, I'm probably up because something Baby's else is crying. going on. Yeah. I'm getting a bottle or something, but it's been cool because, you know, I had the privilege to actually take some time away. So when I walked away from GFL, I professionally resigned because I knew what was coming and I had always put, you know, work before everything. And this is something I always remind people that we're human. And so you have to don't do what I did mm -hmm. where it was certain situations where, you know, maybe it was a reunion or graduation or a wedding or, you know, uh, a funeral or something that was um, impactful to my family extended family. And I didn't go, I didn't show up because I was either in a meeting or I was handling an email or it was payroll Friday or what have you. I honestly don't remember what I was doing during those times. All I remember is that it impacted my family and those are the memories that they have without me being there. So when I decided to start my own family, I knew it was important to a understand you know, my son's personality, to get to know him, for him to get to know me, for us to have that bond, because that was so critical for me. And when I decided to get back in the working market, I wanted to ensure that I didn't miss those important mm. milestones. So although I have a commute from Buckhead to Duluth, it's worth it. And I enjoy every minute of it, because in my previous role, I traveled about 80% of the year. So I was never home. Luckily, again, being married to an entrepreneur, we had those connections. And so when COVID hit, we already had those long road trips and long conversations and dialogue. So, um, you know, now having that opportunity to get home to my son every night, to be able to cook dinner, mm. to be able to make breakfast, to have the flexibility of, you know, being able to work with an extended community who understands family is important. That's been a blessing. And that that work-life balance that we were talking about also. Yeah. What would you say is one of your personal favorite childhood memories? 
Wow. Um, if I had to choose one, because there were a lot, um, I, I would ask, I would actually say it was, you know, being able to travel um, and, you know, coming from a small town. Um, my family, my dad and my mother, <clears throat> they were actually from New York. So um, they obviously, they spoke with accents and they, they always told us every summer we would go visit New York, our New York family. And it was so different. But that actually was huge for me because I wanted to know that there was something more outside of just the small rural town that I grew up in. Mm -hmm. And there was so much more in life. So we would go to like, I don't know, Florida, Disney World, we would do travels and it would be fun, although they would be, I miss the road trips that we would mm -hmm. have, the music, and I used to hate jazz music. Now you come in my office, that's all we I love play. It, yeah. Because <laughs> I would say, Dad, why are there, there's no words to this music. Like, why is this? I feel it. <laughs> it's a soul thing, yeah. right? So now I understand why he didn't have words to music now that I'm an adult. Mm -hmm. But um, those are some of the fun memories I remember. You're from a small rural town, and so am I. I'm oh, from wow. Brooks, Georgia. Where are you from? Uh, Greensboro, Georgia. And I heard you mention that's the Oconee area, Lake yeah, Oconee. Yeah, Lake Oconee. Um, that's what most people kind of know it from. But it's off of 20. Um, like I said, small town. And so my first <clears throat> big city experience was in Houston, Texas. So I was out there. Oh, for a big over. city. For I first, know. Yeah. My family was like, what are you thinking? <laughs> like, I can do it. I can mm -hmm. do it. So it was great. What was that experience in Houston? Oh, my goodness. I, you know, the difference between what I say, the difference between Houston and Atlanta um, my opinion is that Houston is about what you know, because they do a lot of things called prove it tests. And so they want to make sure that you can actually have the aptitude and the intelligence to actually perform at that role or that capacity. Um, a lot of things here in Atlanta, at least I noticed, it's about connections, right? Mm -hmm. It's about who you yes. know. You could be at the local you know, um, grocery store and you can meet someone or go to your golf club or, you know, a country club or you, you know who, but you know, that's so important. And so coming from a, a background where it was more about worth ethic for me, I always focused on just showing my work, right. but I've now branched into since, especially being at part of a UK company, building those connections mm -hmm. and really extending myself more and just showing more of who I am versus mm -hmm. what I do. Mm -hmm. Something that's very important to me and something that I naturally excel at is networking. Mm. So cultivating, facilitating, nurturing, long-lasting relationships, mm -hmm. com creating communities and curating specialty groups is something that I just, I eat up. Wow. So I'm sure in your world, there's an element of that. And my question to you as, as a businesswoman is what type of networking groups do you find value in participating in? Wow. Um, there's so many. Um, I think if you start, I obviously, um, I'm a certified HR professional, so I have my SHRM, uh, SHRM and also my, um, PHR. So I think anything that's dealing with my career path, career track, um, I'm also a member of, um, in AAA HR, which is a national chapel for African Americans within the HR community. Um, you know, honestly, I'm, I'm all about you know, networking and getting out there, um, being a part of the National Association of Women, Professional Women, that's another one. Um, but yeah, you know, recently, since I've joined Money Penny, um, our marketing, shout out to Ella, she's been great, but she's actually um, connected me with a few of our um, Gwinnett County expos and 
just different um, individuals within the area mm-hmm. that we want to really heighten awareness of who we are yeah. and, you know, who are the people behind what we do. Money Penny. Well, I tell you what, some of my favorite socks are from Money Penny. So <laughs> I need to uh, freshen up on, I hear there's a collection and I only have two pairs. So I feel really <laughs> lost and in the dark. I need to get up to speed with that. So when I come to your office and yes. sit on that comfy couch, let, <laughs> let's have a selection of socks. Absolutely. I'll have one. I'll have some ready for you. Um, if I may ask you something personal, yeah, sure. I'm curious with all of the success that you've experienced and all the growth, what is uh, a specific challenge that you had to overcome either personally or professionally in order to reach the mark where you are today? Oh my goodness. Um, I can share a quick story. I'm a storyteller, but I can share a quick story. Um, I remember when I, the most pivotal point for me is not being afraid of no. So when I worked in, I guess, semi-sales, but also, you know, as an executive recruiter, it was so many opportunities that I would be presented with and I worked so hard, right? So it's like, it has to be a yes. But being told no, actually I wanted to work harder and also being in spaces and rooms where there were so many people with the C in front of their title, I felt comfortable in those spaces. So um, just imagine transitioning from working in recruiting to now going to a global headquarters like Incom FinTech, where I actually, you know, I placed myself. It wasn't through an agency or anything. But to me, it was easy for me to have those hard conversations. I remember when, you know, walking in, the actual interview process, and this was years ago, but walking in, I already had an offer from one location, a different company, and I didn't, you know, go with that route, obviously. But when I walked in, you know, I felt so at ease. I felt so comfortable. And I told him, you know, again, I'm very transparent. So I told him, I was like, hey, I don't, I don't want to waste anyone's time. I already received an offer. I think, you know, I'm taking it. I'm going to move. And they were like, no, it took so long to coordinate everyone. Just come in. So I remember coming in and it was a, like maybe seven or eight people in this boardroom. And then also someone on Skype. And so I walked in, I was like, hey, ready to start the party? <laughs> and they're like, what? <laughs> but years ago, prior to that, I would have never done that because I would have been so nervous. Right. I would have been so uncomfortable. Um, so that's been a huge, um, that was a huge shift for me. Although it, I was like, am I committing career suicide, getting out of full cycle HR, going into recruiting? Like, what am I thinking? But it gave me those entrepreneurship type skills in order for me to be resilient mm-hmm. in those situations where maybe it's not, it's, it's a no, but it, maybe it's a, a not right now. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that's what's really, um, I think was pivotal in my career and mm-hmm. being able to, to, to have my confidence in knowing who I am. I could just picture you dancing in the room saying, let's get this party started. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, let's go. Let's and, then, do this. and it was more conversational versus, you know, answering no questions. Yeah, yeah. 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 Really lighten the mood. It did. In your experience as a recruiter, a lot of young professionals are our listeners. Yeah. What are a couple pointers that you could share that might help the, set them apart from a stack of resumes or from a pool of a hundred applicants that, you know, they're all going for the, the similar role? Yeah. So, you know, I always tell people that normally when they see the resume, if you're already having those conversations, you've made it past that first threshold, right? So you have the skill, you have the education, you have the background, the years of experience. Now it's about showing up as your authentic self. 
be who you are because it's going to be more about the culture than anything. It's going to be more about how does this person make me feel after a six hour flight? Mm -hmm. Um, How am I going to be relatable with this individual? Mm -hmm. Um, Not to say it's personalized, but you want to kind of personalize how you present yourself so you can, um, you know, stand out. And it's not a matter of you just, you know, going to an interview and you're kind of sitting there like, okay, I'm waiting for the next question. Mm-hmm. Have a conversation. And guess what? You're interviewing them as well. Yes. It's not just a one-sided thing. It's a two-way street. So make sure you have those questions. So don't miss that opportunity when they say, do you have questions? Absolutely have questions. Do your research. Study. Be prepared. So you're not sitting there and you're waiting for them to deal your next deck. And you're like, okay. <laughs> you Meandering through. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Make sure you know the company in and out. And it's just like any other exam back in your college days. Just mm-hmm. want to be prepared. Thank you for sharing that nugget. Yeah. I know a lot of our listeners are out there, um, you know, exploring different career paths. So yeah. that's very helpful. Okay. Well, if you would indulge me, I would like to play a word association game with you. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. So the first word is connectivity. What does that mean to you? Money penny. <laughs> hey, and folks, they are paying her to say that. No, I'm just kidding. No, it means like connecting. Think about it. If, you know, as a business, if you are inundated with so much and you're not able to pick up that phone or you're, you're possibly missing that call, like reach out to us because we can keep you connected and plugged into your business needs and what your clients and customers are looking for. Thank you. You're welcome. The next one, perseverance. Ooh, perseverance. I think that comes with, I have this, if you ever come to my office, you'll see I have this iceberg um, photo. And I don't know if you're familiar, but it's more of an analogy mm-hmm. where it has an iceberg and the top of it is success, right? And mm-hmm. everything at the bottom, it talks about all the things, like this is what people see, mm-hmm. but what are all the things that you have to build to get to that point? So I think about those rejections, those long nights, burning the midnight oil, you know, staying up until midnight to get to this point now where, yes, yeah, some of those days come, but a lot of those days are far behind me because I put in that hustle and that grind to get to this point. Absolutely. And I'm familiar with the image <laughs> that you're talking about. I could see it as you were describing it. Uh huh. Powerhouse. Ooh, powerhouse. Um, that actually, I don't know why bravery comes to me. I think it takes someone who's brave to be themselves and not feel that they're too much, but to also just, you know, walk in their own shoes and being okay with I'm me. And, you know, there are some things that maybe I should work on, but the thing, but the most part, I, I like who I am. Mm-hmm. So I think being a powerhouse, um, it, you have to be brave. Strength. Strength. I think that comes from within. Honestly, um, and obviously, you know, whatever your religious preferences are, um, for me, I do believe in, in God Almighty. So that's where my strength comes from. Um, when I feel that I'm falling short or I feel like, oh my goodness, like this is a lot, you take that breather and then, you know, sometimes you just have to, you know, ask and you shall receive. Yes, absolutely. Some things that you mentioned that were takeaways for me that I want to reshare with our audience is be relatable. You suggest mm-hmm. to be relatable. Not only that, but don't be afraid of no. Yeah. Okay. And then uh, I know I wrote something else down. Oh, make your next move your best one. Yep. Those are three things that stood out. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Now I'm going to ask you to leave our listeners with a final parting thought or some words of wisdom, Jade. Yeah. So I thought about this and there's so many things I could say, but what I would say is, If it's not happening right now, keep believing 
because sometimes when it comes to, you know, hope, it can, it can be diminished. But if you have faith in who you are and your strength and your background, and although there's a huge, you know, bowl of people that are probably just as good or have a, you know, just as much credentials, if not more, keep going and don't, don't doubt yourself. And even when you find that yourself feeling that you are, you know, you're beaten down or you're struck in, you can actually, you know, go back to what's your why. And in that moment, that's when you'll get that, that, that burst of energy. It's kind of like that relay race when you're like, oh my God, I'm so tired. But then you remember, okay, this is why I'm doing this. So um, that would be my words of advice. Oh, thank you, Jade. And thank you for joining us today and sharing your experience and your passion and your wisdom with our listeners. Thank you. Again, Jade Alexander Estevis with Money Penny. Jade is on uh, LinkedIn. I just connected with you. So yes. Jade Alexander, last name spelled E-S-T-E-V-E-S. Also check out Money Penny and give them a follow. They do a lot of fun stuff. Stay connected with them. Connectivity is their jam. Yes. Speaking of connectivity, I'd like to connect with you on LinkedIn as well. Amanda P. P-E-A-R-C-H space M-A-R-M-O-L-E-J-O. And as you know, this is the series that salutes and recognizes women making an impact. And we'll be back next Friday at 1130 a.m. for our live broadcast. And you know you can listen to these shows 24-7 wherever you enjoy your podcasts. For our guests today, Jade, for our producer, Dan, and for Mike back there in the corner, I'm your host, Amanda Pierce Marmalejo, and this is Celebrating Powerhouse Women on Business Radio X. Mm-hmm.